Welcome to It Sounded Like a Good Idea at the Time, the weekly podcast where two non-experts cover topics that should be addressed by, well, experts. But here we are. My name's Caroline. And I'm Hannah. And we're so glad you joined us today. Um, Hannah, I was just noticing you look so great. Thanks. I have been uh, basically sweating nonstop. I thought we were done with this. <laughs> yeah, it hit 90 degrees today, which was a real joke. Yeah, I um, have a bit of a constant, like I think all the sweat has given me a faux glow. <laughs> oh, yeah. It looks great. Um, thank you. I went for a, I've been, I've started a, that um, like running 5k app and yeah. It was fantastic. And I uh, did a little meditation at the end at, um, I read an article in, I think it was like January's edition of GQ, which I found after the move. (laughs) (laughs) And like, the funny thing is like in January, like it was such an optimistic outlook on the year. (laughs) And it was like, (laughs) like, this is going to be you in January. It it really is. It really is. And it was like all the things you can do this year. And (laughs) I was just like, "Mm." This is painful, <laughs> but there was an article um, from a runner. As I say, looking at our optimism is way sadder than like the actual reality. It's just oh, that exactly, we're also fresh. exactly. <laughs> it's like it's like why even? It's like how you don't like to look at old like photos of yourself or like old stuff you wrote. You're just like, no, as a different person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I've grown past January 22, 2020 Hannah, but. There was an article from a runner who was talking about how to love running, like how to start fresh. And he recommended pairing it with another habit that's really beneficial. So like meditating. So he was like, I always run and then I like meditate. And that way I do both of them. But then it's also like a bit of a cool off period. And um, anyway, so I've been trying that and uh, I was I was happy with it. It felt like it felt like a lunch break, like if I was an employee, which I am of my kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the, so. the most grueling bosses ever. Um, my favorite food blogger, my favorite food blogger is Half Baked Harvest. Um, I make yeah. her recipes all the time. Um, and she has a great Instagram account and she's super responsive. And I'm loving like big personalities who are super responsive and engaged with their followers. Um, yeah. But she did a Q&A today and somebody asked how to make themselves love cleaning up the kitchen. <laughs> and she oh, wow. had a similar trick. She's like, yeah, she's like, I don't, I will never love it. But... I've been waiting and not listening to podcasts until I'm cleaning up the kitchen. So now I'm looking forward to it as my podcast time. Right. Like, okay, that's yeah. Fair. Yeah. It's a good hack. I mean, there's so many things that we're doing now. It's like, we've got to find some different hacks or otherwise like we just don't care. Well, this will lead us into our next topic, which yeah. um, we had a couple listeners request to know how virtual learning is going, but I will already say off the top, it's not related to virtual learning, but it's all rolled into the same one. What you and I have talked about multiple times and some other friends have discussed is the weight of the constant tidying, like the same three yes. things and cleaning the kitchen is one of them. Right. Those. Yeah. Cleaning the kitchen, doing laundry, and then just the general tidying, like it's day constant. in and day out with, with no relief because everyone is home. Like, I, as soon as I clean the kitchen, there's like 10 other dishes in the way because like everyone right. is eating every meal in my house. Like there's no, you know, Pasan going to work, the kids going to school, like it's all there all the time. And then like laundry and then just stuff. There's stuff everywhere all the time. Like there's no. Oh, you relief. know, I even thought without many external activities that we would have less laundry, but that has proven right. 100% false. We are exactly. going, the, the girls are going through so many costumes and like getting wet and getting dirty and right. you know, we're just changing constantly. Um, but the other option is just to wait until the end of the day, but then you're exhausted and it's built up. It's like, there's no yeah. better option. Exactly. Um, but to address the original question, um, do you want to share with us how virtual learning is going for you, um, Milan's in kindergarten this year? Yeah, he's um, he's in kindergarten and we are fully remote. Um, our governor uh, said that all the elementary students could go back, but so far our county decided no. Um, and I just have very mixed feelings on that because... We live in a part of town that I do feel like it could be safe to go back based on talking to the principal and the teacher and parents and our school board representative. Um, And but I do know that there are parts like our district is so big or our um, our county is so big. I know there are parts of the county that people have very real concerns like it's just a different demographic and 
So I never want to be so focused on Milan and his school that I take my mind off of like all the kids, you know, like if it's not good for everyone, it's not fair for like it to be just good for Milan. In the board's defense, just a smidge of defense, they voted on that plan the day before the governor announced that schools could go back under a plan A option, which is back in school. Right. Um, And as much as I'm like, like, I feel like the board probably did like, I just did so much work for nothing. And so right. we are going to do this. Like if right. I clean up, I'm like, I just spent so much time cleaning the house. You're going outside anyway. I don't care. Exactly. If it's raining now. Like, yeah, exactly. That's probably this is what part we did. of it. We did this work. Yeah. Right. Um, and now they've decided to do let the kids go back on a rotation. And I honestly just feel like that's pointless because the kids will not get a lot of time in the classroom, but it, I really feel for the teachers. Um, like if you're a teacher and you're listening, I don't know how, and you're doing hybrid, I mean, remote or hybrid, like, I don't know how teachers are doing. Like it's, I know that you are so stressed right now and just know that the parents of your students really feel for you and are proud and happy with the work that you're doing because I just, I couldn't, I don't know. I don't know how teachers are doing it right now. Like, I agree. How is how has your experience been with facilitating remote learning for Milan? Uh, I don't know. He doesn't like it. <laughs> you yeah. know, he doesn't. He's not into it, and it's it's not a. Str- there was one week where it was a struggle getting him to sit down every day and do it. And then I had a talk with him because we read some good advice, and I think it was from Kristen Howerton, um, who's a writer, and she wrote about coaching your children through dis- disappointment. Wasn't it disappointment or? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was disappointment um, or things they don't love. She, right. It was about basically like everything isn't always going to be great. And oh, well, like you still have to keep going. Um, and it was really valuable advice. I've really loved following her. Uh, if you don't already, I definitely recommend that. And she, she, I've, I've kind of taken that to heart in the last couple of weeks. And I just had a talk with him. I was like, this is not anyone's ideal. No one wants this, but this is what we're doing now for safety. And one day <laughs> school will be fun, but it's just, uh, I don't know. It's a mental game every day. I, I'm just trying to not pick any fights is really it. Well, and you've had some good conversations with your teacher and principal about making sure that right. what he's doing is enjoying childhood and enjoying the parts that he does enjoy without adding yeah. too much, they which are, I think is really valuable. It is. And like the teachers and the principal have spent so much time talking to me. I'm a, They're just like imagining the amount of people that they have to connect with. I just really respect that. And um, they, their priority is the kids. Like the teachers and the principals are really just trying to do the best for these kids in whatever way they can. And, um, I'm just like, I don't know, we're all out here (laughs) just making the best of what we can. It's just not, I don't think it's great for anyone. I'm just like, can we just pause school? (laughs) Like this is pointless. (laughs) Well, some people are choosing to do that for kindergarten since it's optional in North Carolina, but true. We also made the decision to go back. Um, I mean, as a not skip kindergarten, um, we are at a school just down the road from us, but it's a charter school. So while it's public and hashtag free, um, we Mm -hmm. don't have to abide by the same school district's decisions. Um, so we started the year fully remote. Um, and surprisingly, the year has gone so far super smoothly for us. Like Nora Beth's very into mm-hmm. it. She's super independent. I mean, I sign her onto her Zooms and then she's just done. Um, what was causing has been causing me stress the last couple of weeks is we <laughs> they are giving a lot of parental choice, whereas right. the, the school board for the public school system is like, yeah, this is just what you're going to have to do. Right. So we had to fill out a survey of whether to stay virtual or go hybrid. But the way they were doing it is um, one teacher would teach remotely. Another would teach in the classroom. That way, teachers weren't pulling double right. duty. And we adore our teacher and she was going to be staying virtual. Um, and I was just like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know. Yeah. It's so confusing to have two teachers, you know, all of this. So the results of that survey came in overwhelmingly in favor of virtual versus a hybrid model. Yeah. Um, so much so that our school was like, you know what? We can actually open under plan A with these results. So now you have to vote. <laughs> 
plan A or virtual. Right. And I still just felt like I was just too, I was, I was just really, it's, it's the complete opposite end of the end of the spectrum. Like, it's just so yeah. funny. Like where I'm like, I wish I could be more involved and you're like, oh my gosh, I have to fill out another survey. And I just don't know. <laughs> like yeah. I'm feeling some freedom in not having to decide at this point. Yeah, so, well, and I, there's so many decisions. So I am feeling so much decision fatigue just in general with life. And yeah. we we've talked about this. I don't think we talked about it on the podcast, but you know, I feel like everyone is facing whatever their life stage, like options in which none is best. You right. know, it's like yes. so there is no good perfect decision. On one hand, there's no terribly wrong decision, but there's also not one that intuitively you're like, I think this is right. Right. But going back plan A would mean that she wouldn't have her current teacher at all. And we had met her this summer and I'd kind of fought to get Norbeth in her class. Um, not fought. They were very kind about it, but, um, right. Requested one time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I sent a nice email and pretended I wasn't asking for Norbeth to be in her class. And guess what? That's what happened. But, uh, <laughs> it was fine. It was there. thinly veiled. It was thinly veiled, but, um, White women strike again. <laughs> <laughs> you never know the, the silent killers, the white women. Um, <laughs> so um, then I was like, well, enough people are going to be tempted by plan A that they're going to end up in plan B again. And that's exactly what happened. And the the thing was voting for that survey, we were locked in for another quarter. And finally, I was like, you know what? nothing is going wrong here. Like we're really right. enjoying what we are. We have a lot of peer interaction in our cul-de-sac. Um, I, we are now doing a farm experience, which we'll talk about later in the podcast. This all feels like fine for me. And I think I was trying to talk myself into not feeling as great about it as it's going. Um, right. So anyway, we're staying virtual for another quarter. I feel good about it. Um, and I think at this point, kids just need a little bit of consistency. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, I don't, all kids are so different. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know. There is no perfect answer. I just, it's been so long and I have such fatigue from like worrying about everything that I'm like, oh my gosh, like, can my child just go to school? But then I'm like, what would be the repercussions? Like who could be endangered from that? You know, like, I guess the data is showing that kids are not as much in danger, but then it's like, what if they spread it to someone? And uh, it's just, I just, I don't want to make the call, but I don't like this call. (laughs) Right. Well, you want to be like an armchair quarterback, which I do appreciate. (laughs) I want someone else to make it for me. And then I can, then I can rip it apart. Right. Exactly. Make this decision for me. (laughs) That's what I don't like. It's not even that I have too many decisions. It's that I don't want to hold myself responsible when I regret my choice. Right. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Right. It's, it's just a lot. It's a lot on each one of us for every single decision we make. And it's so fatiguing. And you and I were talking to um, one of our friends this morning uh, who got had a work trip over the weekend and she got one night in a hotel. And of course we were like, Oh, you're so lucky. And (laughs) she was like, but you know, the funny thing is it's not like you catch up like on rest. Like it's not like I'm like, Oh, I'm all better. You know, right, right. It's just like the six over six months of this, not even to mention like being a parent at all or being a human being alive in this world at all. But just there there's so much like it's constant decision fatigue it's constant like trying to figure things out i mean at this point it's like we've been on summer break since like march but we haven't had nearly the amount of activities we could do during a regular summer break and it's exhausting i'm so exhausted but um but i truly have been feeling better since i started meditating i think that that has helped my anxiety quite a bit that's great to hear. I um, have never really committed to a meditation practice. I, I treat meditation like I did studying in school where I just like open a book and I'm like, am I doing it? Like, is this it? Is this, <laughs> is this what I'm doing? <laughs> Selfie. <laughs> it, it, well, it's like, like when I pray as I'm falling asleep and I'm like, oh my gosh, I prayed so hard that I did it until I fell asleep. <laughs> exactly. Well, what was <laughs> it? Like, I no. said the other day I was meditating and you were like, I call that prayer. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, whatever. However, you want to communicate with the supernatural, I have a I have a direct line. So. Do what you want. My way gets me into heaven. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, she who wears the crown, you know. <laughs> Your way gets you reincarnated. I guess I don't. <laughs> I mean, enjoy life down here if this is all you get. <laughs> 
Uh, of course, we mean no offense to anybody's religion at all. <laughs> just uh, we've lost all sense of propriety at this point. Nothing, nothing is That's appropriate. Right. If this is your first time here, please listen to some some prior episodes. You'll get it. You'll get it. Right. Uh, <laughs> Go back to episodes from the spring, please. <laughs> we yeah. cared more then. Yeah, Joe. Yeah, that's true. Um, well, we're going to take a quick break. And then after last week's episode, which was we have gotten so much positive feedback on. Thank you to everyone who's reached out to let us know yeah. that you felt like you were heard and that we discussed something that while it's not easy to talk about, it's important to talk about. We really appreciate all of that feedback. Um, But we wanted to keep things a little bit lighter around here today. So that's exactly what we're going to do. Yeah. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, I really encourage you to go back and listen. Um, Caroline brings a word and (laughs) it's really great. So buckle up and listen and share with your friends. And uh, we like to flip flop back and forth. So this is, this is going to be a fun one. I promise. (laughs) Heads up. We also don't agree about everything. So (laughs) that's right. Most importantly. (laughs) Caroline and I are your classic guys, gals. If you can't tell, (laughs) we, we can hang with the guys and we love Uh sports. Sure. Uh, I hated everything about myself as I was saying all of that. I hope it's clear. <laughs> I, I really did too. I'm immediately just posted <laughs> for a new co-host. <laughs> Listen, the fact was when you volunteered to bring us back in from the break, I thought it was because you had something and that's what you landed on. So I yeah, really I did that. I gave that. That was it. I had that and I'm happy with all of it. Had you, and I have no had you been Had you been workshopping that like all day? <laughs> Uh, since we talked about doing sports, which was two weeks ago. So yeah, that was it. And not everyone has your okay, gift here. for puns. I'll do my version. I'll do okay, my version. Go ahead. And then DM we'll... us your vote. <laughs> well, yes, exactly. That's exactly right. You choose. It's go like, ahead. what are the, the, the show on Netflix where like you can choose how it works? Oh, uh, wasn't it one of those Black Mirror episodes? Or wasn't there a Black Mirror where you could like choose your... Oh. Yes, also a new episode of Boss Baby, the TV show. So either way, but what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's fine. Okay. Oh man. What I was gonna say was uh-huh. Hannah. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite time of year. Do you know why? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's football season. Yay, football. I love it. Okay, that was it. That was it. <laughs> but since you're such a shitty cheerleader today, I guess we'll go with your version. <laughs> That's what I'm saying is that, spoiler alert, women like sports too. So buckle up. <laughs> women don't support each other, but we do enjoy sports. So exactly. That's exactly. I was really leaning hard into the, that's right. I like sports vibe. And honestly, I think oh, I hit the nail on the head. So. No, here's the thing. I, <laughs> I have so many issues just generally. One of them is me as some of sure (laughs) fill fill in however you want. But (laughs) I really hate the leaning into like teehee. I hate sports. I'm just here for the snacks. Right. Same. It's fine if you really do that, but like just do it and don't make it like. Right. 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 I just feel like women can't win here because either you like. No, for sure not. Like super into sports and make it a big thing that you're into sports. Like, right. Or you have to be like, I hate sports. I don't care uh, who's playing. Right. What's a match, you know? Like, right. We can just win it. And you can right. be into specific um, sports. <clears throat> right. I am the kind of person that if I am around a group of people who like a specific sport that is on TV, I will be into it. Like if you're watching curling and like you are into oh, it, yeah. I'll get into it. Like I, I just do. My favorite sports are basketball and soccer. Um, oh, which are literally I, my, my two favorite. I know it's the opposite of you. What a surprise! But <laughs> <laughs> they are literally worthless. I just, but like if They're anything, worthless. like I don't, I don't care about football at all, and I actually actually okay. don't like football. But if I'm at your house and you're cheering for football, I'm cheering for football. Like it's the right, sports right. are the only thing that I feel that way about. You know, like I could not abide Fox News being on TV in front of me. Like I could not. <laughs> but like if I were cheering for it at my house, maybe you'd get into it. 
<laughs> yeah, maybe that that's all I've been missing is Caroline cheering for for Fox News for Shep Shepard. But I mean, um, I but if like if football's on, I'm like, yeah, we're doing this, I guess. Like, who are we all rooting for? Like, <laughs> you know, sports really is a huge uniter because I. Yeah. As someone who's into sports and I minored in sports sports management in college because my dream was to work oh, for a football team. Mm-hmm. Yep. Major oh, in public that relations. Been minor cool. in sports management. That's I just wanted to be uh, in the PR department of a football team. Yeah. And my first yeah. my first job was an ad agency and I applied to them because at the time they were the agency of record for the Charlotte Hornets. Um and I was like, okay, this is gonna be great. Like this is exactly what I'm looking for. I'm glad I didn't go that route truly because um I don't, it's so cutthroat and it's so all in all the really? time. However, it's still a dream that I have. Um, yeah. My cousin actually works in, for CBS Sports. And so she is at every like, so Panthers cool. game and all, all of these things. And I'm like, tell me everything. Tell me all about it. Right. Um, exactly. Also, slip me a job application. <laughs> <laughs> totally. But I then also feel like I am a diehard football fan, specifically college, not NFL so much. And I can tell you all the reasons why, but specifically I'm, I'm a college football fan and an SEC fan. Um, okay. But I feel like if you're into it, like if you are into the NBA finals and I literally would rather like file someone else's toenails than watch it. I can't not not know what's going on. You know, like I want to be educated on it. I want to be able to discuss it because I right. refuse to be one of those people who's like, mm-hmm, IDK, what's right. basketball, you know? Um, <laughs> exactly. So that's, that's where I land. But it's funny in our house, I am the sports fan. David is not. He grew up in New England and sorry for anyone who lives in New England, but I, I don't know if it's how he specifically was raised or just where he was raised in Maine. There just weren't that many sports that he was into, like on a deeper level. <laughs> you know, he, right. um, I mean, there were the Patriots for f- football, but he just didn't grow up like in a house that lived and breathed it. And I think being here in right. the South, you are still, I don't know, you're kind of instilled like you're a side, you're for a team, you're a house divided. And I know that's other parts of the country, but I think regionally it runs deeper here. Yeah, um, I am curious to hear your SEC versus NFL reasoning. Well, okay, if you must know, NFL, I feel like is very political. And I don't mean that like on a governmental political scale, but guys are playing more towards salary caps, being a franchise player, Uh. different, like they have more clout on a team to make demands. It just kind of loses some of the pure magic of the game for me. Um, And NCAA football is becoming that way. But um, I just think it's young guys who love to play. They're working for a goal to make an NFL team, but they don't have the same financial incentives early on that they do once they hit the NFL. So I just think it's more pure love of the game. What do you think about the debate um, with paying college players? Um, I can see both sides of the debate because, I mean, these guys are being basically like, uh, crap, what's the word? Oh, exploited for their talent. They are making schools millions and millions and millions of dollars right. for likenesses of them, for jerseys of them. And so to not be able to get a cut of it until maybe they go pro, but even then they've had three or four years of a career that they don't get to benefit from. And furthermore, and when they're, they're penalized injury. for that, yeah. you're risking injury, they may never get that. I mean, I'm a big, as right. I mentioned, I'm a big Tennessee fan and there are a number of kind of flash in the pan um, players who they made the, the college a lot of money. Um, so I do think it gets sticky when you start adding money into a collegiate level and for, for collegiate athletes. I understand why the rules are there, but I think they need to be reevaluated a little bit, um, especially as more and more states yeah. are legalizing um, sports gambling. People are making even more money right. off of these guys and their teams. So it's hard to leave somebody out in the cold. We wouldn't do that in most outside of sports. You know, there are a lot of places that we would not exploit somebody for no financial gain on their end. But I want to hear for you. So I don't, I don't love basketball or soccer. I feel like for, and I'll right. tell you why. So you argue okay. with me. Good. Um, okay, cool. I get very, very, very into March Madness. I will never not fill out a bracket. 
I just like college right. sports generally. It was a huge my, disappointment this year. <laughs> yeah. Yes. My beef with basketball is there are mm-hmm. way too many games in a season. So no game truly matters a whole lot until you get to the finals. That is so where, funny. That is exactly my beef with football. I'm like, there's like no games. <laughs> no. Are you, yeah. Well, yes, that is that is a big problem but it also like makes the season so sweet and so exciting because every single game matters every right. single game unless your team loses on the first week and then it's kind of like well this is gonna suck but I feel like <laughs> why am I why am I gonna get invested in a game on a Wednesday night that literally has no bearing on where they're playing six months from now it's the season that never ends yeah I can see that I I think probably the comfort zone lies somewhere in the middle but um I also love the idea of being able to see a basketball game like a million times, like because our team isn't great in Charlotte, like <laughs> yeah, we could go and see like we could take the kids and go see a game and it'd be affordable and we could like go again later. We could go in, it's not like, oh, we've got to go point. now and like the tickets are crazy expensive. And if we don't have a good time, it's all a wash. Like, um, I don't know. That's just yeah, that's a, a really good point. I love going to basketball games. I hate watching yeah. it on TV. Uh, soccer, I just don't care about at whatsoever. I played for about 11 years. I was a goalie. So basically, I spent 11 years standing on a field watching soccer games. So I think that's right. why I hate it. Because I'm like, this is just you a trigger put in your for time. Me. Right, exactly. But I'm also like, this is not very exciting outside of like 20 seconds combined. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I just I think I love I love basketball and soccer more than football because I feel like they're true endurance sports whereas I'm like with like how long are you guys even playing in football? Like you guys switch out teams. <laughs> like, but one of you does defense and one of you does offense. Like are you even Why can't you bro? just all <laughs> Yeah, like, did you even try? <laughs> like, with yeah. basketball and soccer, everyone has to, like, be ready to be a, on defense or offense at all times. It's, I don't want to say they're more talented, but, you know, we all see. Oh, the, wow. We all okay, see. Well, you, sure. Okay, well, enjoy your 800 game season and act like any, it, that I can get excited about any one game because I won't. <laughs> I literally refuse. Um, well, I'm super into the bubble right now. I think it's, like the most interesting way to do a pandemic. Um, uh, yes, that is true. Playoffs. And we've watched basketball almost every single night for the last, like, I don't know. When did it, when did the playoffs start? Like, like a month ago, ago or more than a month ago? <laughs> yeah, four months ago when, when it Nobody was knows. like March. <laughs> Yeah, um, that's right. I'm just, I'm just so, I'm, I, I love it. I love discussing it. I love, um, I really wanted the Celtics to win last night and they didn't spoilers, but that's because <laughs> I love Kemba Walker. I can't really explain why I love him. It's like, I just wanted the best for him after he left Charlotte. I'm like, you weren't treated right. You got to go to better places. <laughs> and he's done so well. I'm very happy to see both the NBA and the NFL making such a big deal about voting about black lives matter. Um, just watching games like the the announcers um, are constantly talking about like social justice issues and voting and like how to sign up. So I haven't watched football games, but I don't know if it's the same. Um, but they also they're making a big deal, too. I will say it is so crazy because like a, still a lot of the people who are like investors in like the NFL or the NBA are like donators to like the Trump campaign or something like that. Like every it's crazy because like, for instance, um, the Senator in, I think she's a Senator in Georgia who was part of the whole like insider trading scandal with our Senator, Senator Burr after the, uh, pandemic really kicked off also like owns part of the, uh, Atlanta. What is their female? What is their WNBA? She owns part of the WNBA team. So like, here's the NBA, like coming out real strong and hard, like very on very progressive policies, but then like the owner who is be- benefiting financially from their success is like one of the people who <laughs> is very guilty of like actual like death in this country. And like, so it's just a very interesting twisted, everything is political. And so I don't like when people say they don't, they don't like sports to mix with politics because politics is everywhere. Just drink it. Uh, in. Well, everything about your life like is sports. political. I don't like sports to mix with politics, but that's fine. I can endorse what you just said. 
I just want I just want to watch for the love of the game. I'm like an old person where I'm like, let's just can we not like can we just like play a game? But I also understand it's important because I do believe that athletes have a big platform and it's no different than a movie star right. or TV show, you know. Um I don't know where I was going to complete that that thought. But anyway, yeah, I, I ultimately agree with you. But I would also say at my core, I'm like, can we just can we just play a game? Um, it actually makes me like the NFL more. Oh, that's my other thing with the NFL is like I, I detest the way they've historically just like swept violent like crimes under the rug. That drives me yeah, crazy. Well, I feel like the NBA is more aggressive in like not letting that stand. matter? <laughs> Does it matter if they can run, if they can catch? Who cares? Exactly. So, I'm to say. so I'm just like, finally, you people are doing something right. <laughs> and I'm like, like finally, you're standing up for run. something. Can't you just go home to your abusive relationships, I guess, and not yeah. get in trouble for it and still get paid millions? <laughs> okay, I will say, th- I will say this. I have a very difficult time in general that, um, Michael Vick was villainized to the degree that he was for his dogfighting ring, which I am obviously not saying like, hey, we should all be dogfighting. I think that's a hideous crime. But there are so, so, so many cases of domestic abuse and domestic violence against women, particularly, or even children, um, Adrian Peterson, that allegedly Mm -hmm. are so minimized. And it's just a ticker tape where Michael right. Vick was, I mean, he lost everything over, over his dogfighting ring. And again, I'm not saying we should have condoned that, but I also think we should look at, okay, are we saying dogs' lives are more important than women's lives as it pertains right. to Right, like we should here? be treating the other things <laughs> like equal or greater, you know, not like, hmm, well, don't do that, but don't do that again. <laughs> Well, and I think that that is that is true across all sports, but NFL definitely has a higher percentage of cases of that being the case. Um, Yeah, I just I think I see more like in um, in the U.S. soccer and in the NBA, I see more like harsh, like we will not stand by this. This player has been punished in the following ways. I just don't see that enough from the NFL, I feel like. But they yeah. could win me over. I mean, with the right policies. I mean, I'm <laughs> my my values are for sale. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I'm always saying. Um okay, do you want to shift gears a little bit from yes. our yes, go ahead, spectator go ahead. Our, our spectatorship of sports to our voluntary participation in sports. Starting yes. with my question, did you grow up playing sports yeah i played soccer um i did one day of basketball tryouts and laughed myself off the court (laughs) i was proud of myself for giving it a try but it was not a good fit for me so i actually did the same thing Uh, in middle school really for basketball yes i didn't laugh myself off i was incredibly disappointed in myself but i decided not to go back for basketball Uh, yeah Um, i decided not to go back i had fun but i'm like nah this is not i don't we don't need to i need them to tell me i don't fit here i know myself (laughs) (laughs) and that is what's important here um right okay were you a good athlete um i think i was okay i mean i wasn't like i don't think i was driven other people would other people think you're okay um, yeah, they'd probably think I was. I don't know if they would remember that I played. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I don't think they'd be like, you know, who I think about. Right, exactly. Like, you know, how, like you can maybe think of like one to two people throughout your your like when you played soccer. There were probably the people who did challenge and like travel. Oh, for sure. and, like those people were serious about it, and then there's like people like you and me where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, that, Caroline played. That- that perfectly brings up my next point and why I hate American youth sports, which I brought up maybe like a year and a half ago and invited people to ask me why nobody did. Therefore we had to start our own. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry about it. I'm giving it to you anyway. Now we're doing it anyway. So try and ignore us. That won't work. (laughs) You you had a choice and now you don't. Um, I actually loved when you first shared your thoughts about this with me because it was not something I ever considered. So I guess a little bit of background, which you may have been going here, but don't worry, I'll just steamroll you is, um, (laughs) Two winters ago, both Milan and Norbeth were on the same basketball team. And were um, they ever? (laughs) Milan, tall for his age, like we're talking since birth, he's been in the 95th 
percentile for like length or height or whatever. And then there's Blessed Norbeth, who's like the once percentile <laughs> for height. And she was like the only one on her only girl on the team. And, and she's the youngest by like eight months. Right. And the coaches were Passan and my brother-in-law. And, <laughs> you know, like, I think some people are like myself are more comfortable just stepping in and telling kids around them what to do. But like, I think if you don't spend all your day around kids, you maybe feel like, oh, can I just like tell these kids what to do? So I think they were like, uh, hey, Norbeth, do you want to play or do you want to sit with mom? <laughs> and Norbeth, of course, had to have her lovey with her. Like it was just precious and upsetting on lot. many levels. If, you, if you've ever followed me, if you happen to be following me on Instagram at that time, I often posted stories from right. her practices and games and it was just it was just really an experience. So I would say that really yeah. solidified the thoughts I already had. Um yeah. I wouldn't trade that season for anything because it was really something. But it did shift right. how I feel about sports in general. Yeah. Um would you like me to dive into it or do you have more? Okay. I don't like wow. the way that we- <laughs> no time at all. <laughs> Good thing I didn't say yes, I do have more. <laughs> so I mean, I love sports, obviously. I right. was like you, a dabbler. I played yeah. something every season. Uh-huh. Always through school. But I liked being able to do a little bit of everything. And I am by no means a natural athlete, but I will um, work harder than anybody on the team. So I would always work hard mm-hmm. enough to make a team. And then I was always the worst one on the team just because <laughs> that's how but it I got here, so, idiots. Um, <laughs> that's exactly right. I got left at a tennis match one time in high school wow. because I was so bad. They forgot there were even enough. They forgot there are enough players on this team um, to have me play a match. <laughs> and so I was like watching from a court as my team got on the team bus. And I oh I was gosh. so upset because I had spent all season eating the good athlete snacks. And finally, it was my turn and they couldn't just wait for me. So I wow. dropped my racket and ran into the fence. And I was like, I'm still on this team and I'm still playing. And they're like, oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, um, the pro- therein lies my problem. We have made sports for children so competitive from such an early right. age and encouraged, hey, you shouldn't just be playing Y League. You should be trying out for challenge or classic or travel yeah. or whatever. Yeah. The next level, the next level, the next level. So it feels like if you are not getting your kids started at age four in their chosen sport from age four, you're already behind the eight ball and it's only going to get further behind. And you've really lost out on your chance to be an athlete. And so for kids who aren't natural athletes, but want to be engaged and around, they feel like losers from day one. And I am certainly not somebody who is like, everybody needs a trophy all the time, but you're really missing out on, there are huge benefits to youth sports huge but we're missing out on those because we're making it too hard for kids of all levels to participate because you can teach a four-year-old almost anything so they could eventually be really great but if a seven-year-old is starting for the first time they're three years behind their teammates yeah yeah it's it's such it's one of those things where when you talk to me about it i'm like you're so right you're so right but then i'm like milan is going to be in the nba Well, that was the other thing that I didn't mention. I'm like, he's going to get scouted. He's amazing at basketball and no one is as good as him. (laughs) Well, the chances, I hate to break this to you and this may be news, so I'm sorry. The chances of him even playing collegiately are, are very much slim to none. Listen, I'm not concerned. Milan is at, Milan is the cream of the crop. I'm not worried sure. about and it. many things and many things. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like my friend Heather's son is an elite athlete, um, a football player, actually. And um, so I've gotten to see kind of what he's been through. And I'm like, most and people there you go. So are we not know someone. So it's that. possible. <laughs> <laughs> I also went to school with Steph Curry. So obviously I am surrounded yeah. by greatness. Exactly. Um, 
I always forget <laughs> that. And but how unfair. Here you were telling me that my child can't be in yeah. the NBA. You went to school with like one of the best basketball players of our time. <laughs> Uh, regardless hypocrisy what what i'm saying is it is it feels to me a little bit unfair to a child and i'm i am judging no no parents parenting except all of you who are disagreeing with me that a child <laughs> sure, would decide so <laughs> uh at three or four or four or five like one activity and that's the one they stick with yeah. and it may interfere with another season that they want to play um yeah both of my siblings were year-round athletes. My brother was a year-round swimmer. My sister was um, a soccer player at a high level. And, you know, that is what they committed to. They didn't do other things. And right. you're also asking your family on a bigger level to commit all of their weekends to either being at yeah. tournaments or meets. And as somebody who didn't participate in athletics at a high level, I it's not that I felt less than. It was just like, but I don't have my thing that everyone's rallying right. around me behind. Because I kind of dabble in volleyball, yeah. I kind of dabble in tennis. Right. And, and, sorry, I just really start talking. I'm yeah, having get it. a hard time figuring out places for the girls to get involved from an athletic position that d will not focus on their body shape. But I don't want the focus at such a young age to be on what their body look like, looks like, how it's growing or how it's changing. Because... Even being around a lot of year-round swimmers, you noticed a big difference when girls hit puberty. They got parts of their yeah. body they didn't have before. Their time slowed down and it became this huge thing of some hit puberty at different oh, wow. ages and that really affected their performance. Um, so I don't know. It's, That's fascinating. It's hard because I have spent so much of my life fixated on my body and I don't want to do that right. at a level that I would say, hey, I want you to do ballet but then at age 10, it's obvious you don't have the body type for ballet. So we need to right. shift gears because right. your body isn't right for it. Or cheer yeah. or gym. There are a lot of gymnastics. There are a lot of those that it's like, if you're, if you don't have the body type, it's just fact that you're not going yeah. to probably yeah. excel here. It's like too bad for you. Like too bad for you for spending all of these years and money. Yeah. And also, I mean, sports are incredibly expensive. Um, even mm -hmm. the quote unquote more affordable options are at least a hundred dollars. <laughs> and then that right. starts to add up with additional travel expenses, things like that. Yeah. And the gear, all of that, like, cause then it kind of becomes like a status thing. Like you want the best one and you want all the accessories. I remember that, like there used to be catalogs that we yeah. got. <laughs> and when you're, Oh my gosh. Yes. And when you're like East Bay, did you get the East Bay catalog? I don't even remember. Probably. Um, oh, it was a big one. But uh, then you start thinking about investing in well, if we're on a, you know, challenge team, so-and-so has a private position coach that they're doing right. additional training and whatever. And right. it, it just competitive is health. Uh, competition is healthy. I, I absolutely agree with that, but I don't know if the current yeah. state of sports for kids is healthy. Yeah, I will say too um, that like I didn't start. So I started Milan in soccer at four um, soccer shots, which if you have soccer shots around you, it's a real cute program. It's 30 minutes a week. And um, Maya last winter was three and a half. And I kept telling mm -hmm. myself for like, um, so for like a year and a half, or no, like six months, I was like, when you're four, I will sign you up. Cause I had tried a couple classes with her, like, you know, the free trial mount classes and it never went oh, well. Yeah. She wasn't into it. But then, um, she tried a free dance class or a dance camp day or something back in December, January and loved it. And her little best friend was there doing it too. And so we, we, her parents and I decided to sign her up for dance and dance is like expensive. <laughs> like it is not, Yeah, it's not inexpensive at all, but she was loving it. But then in March and you, it's a commitment. Like you can't just pay for like a month of dance and then that's it. Like it's, you have to pay and you're in for like a season or a year. So of course in March COVID hit. And so then we were, they were like doing zoom dance, which was pointless for Maya. Like, cause she didn't know the girls that well, that a lot, most of them, except for her best friend had been in it since August. 
and learning a routine and they're trying to learn a routine. And then so for like a month and a half, it was over Zoom and they gave us a little bit of a discount, but we're still paying. We had already paid so much for the costumes. Like there's no refunding these things. And we had to pay through till June. And I eventually like I stopped making her do the Zoom classes. She didn't care to do that. All that to say, and like we never ended up sending her back when they did open up again. I just didn't feel comfortable all that to say, if I had just followed my instincts and been patient and said, I will sign you up when you're four, which would have been right now, we would not have been out a lot of money. <laughs> but yeah. like, it's like that pressure of like, but what if this is her thing? And what if she's so amazing at it? And I just want her to, I want her to have an activity like Milan has activities, which she's three and a half. Like I should not have felt that I shouldn't have signed her up for that for myself. This is not for everyone. I'm just saying for me, I felt like, oh, I got to get her in. So, well, I know, like, I, I felt so, you know, North did that ill fated season of basketball, which was obvious that she was too young for team sports. And basketball, right. I do admire because it is a, it is a complex sport. So there was a lot right. to try to explain to her having, t- she turned four during the season. It was just too much. Um, in yeah, addition, she was also the very youngest one on the team. I've learned about her since then, um, like through school she's used to mastering things pretty quickly. And when she doesn't, she like really shuts down and feels like she's doing something wrong. So that didn't help that that was her mindset. But regardless, since then we've done karate, which she liked a lot, but same thing. It was a six month commitment, which at that age is is a lot. And now we're doing farm, which I will continue to use (laughs) as... (laughs) Yes. A standalone verb. I don't know what to call it. The girls went, the big girls went to farm camp this summer at a farm near us. It was like a week. They loved it so much. And now the farm is offering, um, what weekly, like two hour sessions and she's right. signed up for those and just loving it. But I feel like having subsequent kids, you see your oldest doing something that they're liking and immediately right. you want your younger ones to also be involved. Thankfully, the karate studio yeah. would let. Anna Blair get involved when she was there, um, which was always, they would let her kind of take class. And, but then I'm worried, like, is she distracting them? Is this too much? Like, I don't know. And she's, I think she'll be able to go to one of the sessions of farm coming up just because we hit it off with them this summer. And um, the counselor was like, she can totally come. Um, But it's like, there's gotta be a fine line between participation, expectation, empowerment in like performance, you know, like I was highly amused by, by Norbeth clearly not excelling in basketball, but I'm like, at some point she's not enjoying (laughs) this either. Like I'm the only one enjoying this, but it's just because I'm kind of making fun of my kid. And and I'm like, I don't want this to be what she thinks playing sports on a team is about, but I also want her to find something that she feels her truest self here. Like Anna Blair clearly thrives at the farm. She loves it. And so I'm like, it just, it doesn't have to be a team sport. And so I'm trying to explore for them outlets that aren't necessarily team sports, but then feel the guilt of that was a huge part of school for me was being on a team. So I don't want them to miss out on that. It just gets very complicated and it starts so early. Right. So that's where I, that's where I live with youth sports, conflicted, judgmental, critical, and also a big fan. So I don't know. <laughs> Me all kids, the time about almost are, anything. <laughs> I have convinced my kids to be super excited about football, and I'm raising football fans. If even though <laughs> that will be what they're fans of, and they'll never be able to participate in like a true way, but um, we are making football. <laughs> Maybe season they'll be the really ones. They'll be the ones to like bring women's football to the like center stage, <laughs> which would be baller. Yes, I would love that. Jane Ellis would. Jane Ellis would absolutely be the MVP of every every team. Oh, but, 100%. Um, She'll be I your think athlete it's okay for sure. To, <laughs> yes. But I do think I, I've landed on a spot where I want them to enjoy sports, engage with sports, but we'll figure out a way to get them plugged in in their own way. I don't know. That's where I am right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I tend to... I tend to err on the overbearing side. So now, like... Milan loves basketball. Like he truly loves basketball and he's good at like his age level of what he should be doing. And before the pandemic, you know, we were over at the Y gym and he was shooting baskets with like 
kids of all ages. And I loved that. Like, I, I love that basketball yeah. is like truly an equalizer. Cause I feel like anywhere there's a basketball hoop, anyone can play. Like it isn't something that, that it's, it's a little more like it's harder to access like tennis, um, which in yeah, our neighborhood, you sure. have to have a special <laughs> like membership to get to the tennis courts. Like, oh, it yeah, just feels I've like never bothered to get. <laughs> I know. And I love that. And Passan loves it. So I think he might, he's probably the one that got me into basketball and I feel similar with soccer. Like it's just a ball you can pick up. And even today at the playground, Milan and his little friend were just tossing around the football. Like, I like that. And he seems to, he, he really likes that kind of thing. So now I'm like, this is really sad because he really does thrive with like activity and team sports in that way. And he doesn't have it, you know, I mean, I, I know that some sports have started back up, but we haven't, uh, done anything yet but it, it just bums me out that it's not like he can't i can't just take him to the basketball court and let him shoot hoops for fun for like an hour so totally that was totally. just a little i get it seg- a little non sequitur is that how you use it i don't know if that's legit if that works sure yeah, <laughs> that's sure. the right okay. definition well, but anyway <laughs> that's what we got today for you i don't know maybe yeah. it's being served up lukewarm but that that's where we are we want to share i wanted a platform to share how i feel about sports and we also yeah. wanted to talk about there are some things that you can be a real fan of even if they're problematic and <laughs> figure out ways <laughs> to support i don't know <laughs> right and i truly love your feedback on sports because i was speaking to you maybe a year ago about um I just, it, it's just not something I would have thought of before. I was talking about um, someone who was coaching Little League or something like that and was saying, like, oh, my team is doing so well. I've bumped them up from whatever is the first one to whatever comes next. Like it's T-ball like T-ball to coach T-ball pitch. To what, coach pitch, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just kind of saying, oh, blah, blah, blah. And you had said, oh, I, I, can't stand that because like that really leaves behind the kids who like signed up for t-ball and might have had trouble you know keeping up and now they're kind of feeling pressure to be performing at like a level that they didn't sign up to be at and it was just a perspective I hadn't thought of before yeah well when you grow up as not a natural athlete you sure do notice when people are getting the chance to accelerate right. <laughs> well you need to coast right, to 25 right, for a little yeah. bit <laughs> Anyway, yeah. I don't know. Sport sports makers around the world just keep things accessible from a skill level. Don't launch it so early. Let let lots of kids grow yeah. it di- because we all they all develop at different paces anyway. Yeah, true. Well, it's always a good idea to uh get on the air and argue about sports. <laughs> There are not enough chances to turn on TV and listen to people argue about sports, clearly. So we're definitely exactly. filling the gap that you need. Exactly. Yeah, if it's, if it's not politics, it's sports. And I think we're fine with that comfort zone. <laughs> it just fits. Well, we'll be here next weekend, same time, same place, talking about... We'll let you know. You let us know. You let us know. <laughs> what should we talk about? All right. See you next week. <laughs> 